I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your Sanukam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and we are talking digital gold today. My guest is Ashraf Rizvi, CEO, Digital Swiss Gold. Ashraf, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Well, thank you, Anupam. It's uh, great to be on the show, and I'm excited and looking forward to the conversation. Likewise, thank you. So let's start with the most basic question: Why is investing okay? And here I say investing and not you know buying jewelry and uh, and rings and earrings and all that. Why is investing in gold so important? Uh, just give us an idea and overview. What have returns from gold been like? The people, listeners on the show and me included, kind of feel that gold is a great bet against inflation. In your view, how does gold work? Yeah, that's a. I think that's a very important question for Indians, and and historically Indians have been very uh, prudent and smart about gold investing. And so let's 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 start with first returns. How does gold do over the long period of time? And then we'll talk a little bit about jewelry and products. Um, so gold has been actually a great investment for Indians for a long period of time. Me personally, I can relate to it. Is that when my parents moved from India to the U.S. in the late 1960s. The price of gold, one ounce was thirty-five dollars to an ounce, and the price of rupee to the dollar was only six and a half. Oh. And so today, we're in a world where the price of the rupee, of course, is closer to seventy-five to the dollar, and the price of gold is about seventeen eighty to the dollar. So that appreciation over the past fifty years is averaging over ten percent per year. Wow. Which is comparable, actually, to Indian stocks, but with less volatility. And over the past twenty years, um, gold has returned over eleven percent a year. Now, it's important to highlight: it doesn't go straight up. There are, you know, times when the gold price goes down, just like stocks. But the good news is, gold typically, when it has bad periods, it tends to go down far less than stocks historically have. Um, but it has been really good at. Um, increasing in price. Of course, there's no dividend in gold, as we know. But the fact that the price keeps going up is good for the investor. Now, so that's that gives us some sense, and hopefully, you know, uh, helps people understand how much the price has moved over time. Now, let's talk a little bit about jewelry, which is that's really a good. That's something that we wear, and it's 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 exciting and it's fun to have, and you can touch it and hold it. But it's about style. It's about fashion. It's about people's tastes and what you like today versus tomorrow and next week. And of course, that also means that um, sometimes you get bored with it, which means then you want to sell it back and then you want to exchange it. And so, therefore, now there's costs. And of course, when you buy jewelry, there's a cost because somebody has to make it. It requires their skill and their effort. So there's making charges. There's other fees associated with that. And then when you want to exchange it, of course, there's going to be a lower price that you'll get for what you purchased, and then you've got to exchange. So so it can be expensive. It's really about a product or a good that you can use. It's not really about an investment. Um, of course, you got to keep it and store it and all that store stuff. But I think I think the difference between jewelry and owning physical gold itself or, or gold uh, through a digital means is that one is an investment. That's that's what digital gold is in this case, and jewelry is really about a product that you can use largely through you know wearing it in fashion and that that sort of stuff. So both have a purpose, but I don't think they're uh, really competing against each other directly. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, given 
10% with low volatility years easily sign up for that and uh, like you said india has this traditional thing for buying gold might have been in the form of jewelry in the past maybe now people are increasingly look at looking at gold as an investment i think for the i think for the earlier generation my guess is that they brought they they, they purchased it as jewelry and then it just stayed on and on for 40 50 60 years and you know people don't really sell sell their jewelry but what's happened in the last i think 5 10 years is once new avenues to invest in gold have opened up okay and i'm talking about the non physical options out here so you look at gold etfs you look at gold mutual funds you look at sovereign gold bonds and now of course digital gold so purely from an investment perspective right when you've already got so many options for investing in gold in the non physical manner what was the need for digital gold just trying to place this in perspective i i would go to someone and you tell me that i can do i can buy a gold etf i can buy a gold mutual fund i can buy a uh, sovereign gold bonds why digital gold where does digital gold fit among all these choices yeah i think it's a really good question and 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 you're right there's it seems like there's so many choices so it it can be somewhat confusing so i think let's um let's maybe start at 30,000 feet and see if we can work our way down and understand the landscape. So I think we already touched on a very important part which is we understand now the difference between jewelry and then the physical gold. And then so now let's break that down and talk a little bit about the different choices. So and you mentioned most of them. So I think there's really kind of three or four groups that we should think about. So one is a gold ETF. One is let's say a gold mutual fund. another is this gold sovereign bond which is available now and then the fourth is let's call it a digital gold mechanism and there are of course many providers of all these different services so let's see if we can break them down so let's start with etfs or mutual funds or even digital gold i think in they have a lot of similarities in that they're really about ease of access it's about making it easy for you to own that product at the end of the day and they do that and in fact indian sovereign gold bonds do that too they're relatively easy to access all of those are let's say easier to access than going to the local store and making a purchase of a physical bar that you take home etc um however they're all in some way related to that physical bar so in the um in the case of a gold etf the gold actually sits in a warehouse and the etf owns that different gold and then you own the etf but in the case of an etf or a mutual fund you own sort of the return on the gold but you don't actually own the gold the vehicle in other words the etf provider or the mutual fund is actually the owner it's not your gold okay so that's a that's an important difference um in a sovereign gold bond what it is happening is the government of india is basically guaranteeing your return and it's going to be consistent to the gold return again there you don't actually own the gold but you get the return at the end of the day um so that's how those work with regards digital gold it's a little different in that here depending on the structure you may own directly the gold so in the case of digital swiss gold you're actually the direct owner of the gold it's not a trust or a fund or a vehicle it's yours and so we actually go so far as to show you the picture of the bar the certificate the bar number and and that's yours and you might even own a fractional part of it and that's one of the nice things that you can do with a digital solution is you can own a very small amount or a very large amount um in an etf or a mutual fund there may be certain blocks that you have to purchase at the end of the day and so you have more flexibility in the digital solution 
And then, of course, I think the last piece to the digital solution is you can do it all from your mobile app and you can do it in a matter of minutes. And so that's very, very convenient. And so that's one of the things people really aspire to. Now, some of the other differences that are important to know are, I think the Indian Sovereign Gold Bond is a great product, actually. Um, However, like any other great product, there's a purpose and a need or a usage for it. So the Sovereign Gold Bond, I think, is very good if you're willing to hold for seven, eight years and you don't need to sell at any point. And so the one thing that you give up with the Sovereign Gold Bond is liquidity. So in other words, if you want to, if you need to sell it next month because you need expenses to pay for expenses for your kid's education or, or something happens in your personal life that makes a change or maybe even six months or a year from now, you don't have that flexibility in the Sovereign Gold Bond. There is a secondary market, but the fee to exit is quite high. So it can be six, seven, eight percent relatively easily. So you, what you get in that nice return, you pay for in the fact that you give up the liquidity because it's basically like a bond instrument. Whereas with a digital gold solution, gold ETFs or gold mutual funds, you can always exit. If you want to buy today and you need to exit tomorrow or next week or next month or even next year, you can do so. Um, so that's, that's an important trade-off, I think. With regards gold ETFs and mutual funds, choosing those versus the physical gold solution through a, a digital gold product, I think there, I think there's a lot of similarities, um, but there are some differences. So the gold ETFs are regulated by SEBI, uh, mutual funds are as well. They're typically independently audited, they're stored in a vault, et cetera. With the digital gold solutions, they're typically not regulated by a particular entity, although some may be in the case of digital Swiss gold is through a jersey. Uh, entity. It's a, obviously we're using a Swiss structure, but the main difference here is is the ability to be able to use it very easily from your mobile device, and then also knowing that there's the physical gold there and you're the owner of that gold, and so therefore the ability to take delivery. In our case, uh, we don't offer delivery in India, but you can take it in Switzerland. Other digital souls, Swiss gold providers may have it locally. Those can be powerful uh, and important things at the end of the day. Um, the other, of course, important thing, which is always one of the most important things, is the price. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we're um, we're all we're all humans, and we want to get the best deal. And uh, you know, if I can pay less, that's a better thing. So, um, generally, gold ETFs and mutual funds, and particularly digital solution gold solutions, tend to be cheap. And in, in, particularly compared to physical gold at the end of the day. Um, and in particular with digital Swiss gold, one of the value propositions is because we buy the gold directly from the Swiss refinery and hold it directly in the Swiss vault, we cut out a lot of the middlemen. The gold never really moves. And so the cost tends to be quite a bit less than digital Swiss gold provide or digital gold providers um, in India or even gold ETFs from mutual funds. And so that's the big value proposition is not only being able to do it easily, simply knowing that there's real Swiss gold, which is hallmarked and validated and certified, but of course the price is cheaper, which means therefore you can buy more gold, which means that over time you've accumulated more gold, which is uh, beneficial to your overall you know, financial planning. Thanks, Ashok. That was a really comprehensive answer looking at each category, gold ETFs, gold mutual funds, and sovereign gold bonds. Folks, um, just one point 
Uh, just one point that I want all of you guys to note is that the costing and the taxation of these are a little bit different. I don't want to get into that right now because it's a little bit technical. I won't get into the taxation part right now. But Ashraf, can you just walk us through the cost part very briefly, just like you did for the top-down view? You know, how are gold ETFs price, how are gold mutual funds price, sovereign gold bonds price in terms of the cost, right? So for example, for gold ETFs, I am paying a brokerage cost to my broker, gold mutual fund, I'm probably doing so. So how... How do these categories work in terms of the additional cost that I have to pay over and above the price of gold, which I'm going to pay anyway? Yeah, that's a, I think that's a good question. Very good question and very important to understand. Um, so I think let's, again, let's start at the highest level and let's work our way down. So first is let's understand how is the gold market priced? And, and gold is, of course, a global product. Billions of people care about it on a daily basis. It trades over $180 billion per day in the global market. And so just to put that in context, if gold was viewed as a currency, it would be the fifth most actively traded currency in the world behind the US dollar, the euro, yen, sterling, and then gold. And so it trades more than every other. So every currency I didn't mention, gold trades more than on a daily basis. And that includes the Indian rupee and the Chinese renminbi, et cetera, many other currencies that are pretty big. And the currencies that you mentioned are like pretty huge. Like I think the dollar trade is the biggest in the world probably. Please go. Yeah. So so I think that's important to understand. And and the reason I mentioned that is because the gold price is sent on an international basis and most Every commodity in the world is actually traded in U.S. dollars. So the gold price is set sort of on a global basis in U.S. dollars. So that's a starting point. So I think we need to understand that first. The second thing we need to understand is where is that price set? So the prices are set kind of all over the world, but there's pricing in India, there's pricing in China, there's pricing in in Europe or in London, in the United States. But sort of the international price is really happening between the London and US markets because they're, they're pretty open markets at the end of the day. And so that's where the price is. So if you, if you look on uh, Bloomberg or on Reuters or on CNBC or all these different channels, you can find a gold price, which right now, for example, is, uh, you know, here we are, um, you know, it's, um, of, of course, this will air a little t- later, but roughly we're around $1,770 at, at the moment here in, 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 in um, late April. Um, and so that price moves around, of course, at the end of the day, um, and is impacted by lots of things on a geopolitical level. So that's the starting point. From there, what happens is as the gold product moves to different countries or into different um, mechanisms, ETFs, mutual funds, physical gold, the price starts to change. Um, so, for example, in India, um, let's now focus directly on that, the Indian gold price tends to be much higher than the international price. Why? So first, there's, a, uh, there's an importation duty in India, as we know. Uh, so that's 7.5%. There's a CES add-on, which is you know, as part of the most recent budget, which is uh, 2.5%. And then there's a GST, which is 3%. So all in, the Indian price tends to be, you know, if we do that math, that's about 13%. Um, it tends to be in that it's kind of a starting point is it's going to be about 13% higher. And then now we have to factor in the, 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 the um, additional cost of actually getting that gold physically to you. So if you're going to go buy the gold 
bar, let's say, or a coin at the local at the local store, you know, he has to get it. He or she, as the vendor, has to acquire the gold from some importer. He's got to get it um, to his store. He's got to, you know, keep it safe, you know, insurance, all that sort of stuff. And then he has to have some markup. And so what ends up happening is when we talk about the physical gold market in India, you're probably looking at a number that gets closer to 20 to 30% higher than the wow. international market. Wow. Right? And so, and, and, and of course, some people might deliver it in different ways. So for example, a flip cart or snap deal who do it, you know, electronically, not rather than digitally, it might be a little cheaper than going to the local, you know, storefront keeper. But um, broadly, that's what you're looking at is in the neighborhood of 20 to 30%. It's usually closer to the 30% than the 20% because it's expensive to move around and keep safe and insured. So that's sort of, I'll call that the most expensive option is the purchasing the physical gold from the, and, and taking physical delivery of it because that, that in, entails leveraging all the chains and there's different markups along the way. Gold ETFs and mutual funds become a, a less expensive option because they essentially acquire the gold for you on bulk and they're able to do it in a more efficient way than you, you and I can do on a day-to-day basis at the end of the day. And so they start to reduce that cost from instead of closer to 30% above the international price to closer to maybe 20 or low 20% above. The digital solutions can be even lower because, again, they're leveraging technology, fewer costs, fewer expenses. And so, for example, uh, you know, a very popular, there's many popular mechanisms in, in India in places like Paytm and many others have them. Uh, I mentioned them because they were one of the first to do it, but now there's many, many competitors. Um, and so those prices tend to be in the neighborhood of, 16 to 20% above the international price. Wow. Okay. okay. Right. So that's, that's sort of the landscape of what it looks like. Of course, the Indian gold bond is going to be a little bit cheaper because you get that two and a half percent earning. Um, and so that will be even a little bit cheaper. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think that's a very good option for people who want to hold on a long-term basis with regards. So how do you make that price lower? So one way you can do that, of course, if you didn't bring the gold into the country and you bought the gold in Switzerland, that means now you don't have to bear some of those costs. The gold stays outside the country. So it's you if you can cut out a lot of the middleman in terms of transportation, et cetera, then you can lower the price a lot. So in our case, um, you know, we can offer the solution through the digital means where you can use a mobile phone uh, or you know, desktop or uh, iPad or something like that. I make a purchase, um, but mobile phone is probably the easiest, most efficient. And on average, what we find is relative to, let's say, a digital gold solution in India, we're saving people somewhere between 6 and 10%. And that's largely coming from the fact that you know, all the middlemen have basically been cut out. You don't have to bring the gold into the country. It stays at the Brinks vaults in Switzerland. And so that's, you're basically getting pricing on the international level, plus the, you know, the necessary fees yeah. and the expenses to make that happen. And so that's what the overall structure looks like. And that's why the prices are so different. By the way, that's not, it's also similar in China as well. There are different fees and import. And so different countries have different rules. And so uh, even though it's a global market, it is very much regionalized or localized on a country basis based on how each country operates its own specific environment. Um, So even, for example, in the UK or the US, where 
there aren't significant VATs or importation duties, still the cost of being able to buy the physical bar from the local store tends to be considerably higher than the international market. So uh, not as high as what I just mentioned here in the case of India, but it can be easily three to five to 7% higher than the international price, just because of the handling and the insurance and the, you know, all of the different other components that going into dealing with the physical asset itself. And so when you move into things like ETFs or mutual funds or um, digital solutions, because of all of that is done for you and they can do it in scale, they can significantly reduce that cost and make sort of your life easier, if you will. Yeah. And then, and with that ease, of course, comes lower pricing. Got it. Wow. Uh, folks, if you're wondering why I'm not in, interrupting Ashraf out it's just that, see, we've never done gold on Pesa Vesa. Uh, you know, we've, this is the first, first, second time that we are just looking at this. So I just want to go as deep as possible. And it's not often that we get guests like Digital Swiss Gold here uh, on the show. So that's why I'm just, you know, just pacing Ashraf here, let him take his time and answer all his questions. I'm just soaking it all in right now. So on, on that note, let's go, go into a small break right now. On the other side, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Digital Swiss Gold, exactly the product that Ashraf has been talking about. See, in the first part, we've taken a nice deep dive into the concept of gold, gold as an investment, the costing of gold, pricing of gold, how it differs in uh, 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 you know how the price differs in country to country. What are the components of the price? The different instruments that you can have. Done a really, really, really good deep dive on that. On the other side, we are going to focus just on digital Swiss gold as in digital gold and the product that digital Swiss gold offers. We're going to talk about that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. My guest, Ashraf Rizvi, CEO, Digital Swiss Gold. And welcome back to this really special episode of Pesa Vesa, my guest, Ashraf Rizvi, CEO, Digital Swiss Gold. Ashraf, all yours now. Explain to us the concept of Digital Swiss Gold. What does it offer? You know, all the stuff, uh, gold purity, uh, the assurance, what kind of, you know, what form of gold am I buying? Am I buying coins? I'm, uh, you mentioned that you give me a photograph. Uh, also, the pricing, since you spoke about it in the first half, let's jump right in into your product right now. Okay, great. Yeah. So I think there's a number of things that are important for the gold buyer that they should care about. So first and foremost, of course, is the purity. You have to know that what you're buying is the real thing. And so this is very, very important. So in India, we call that hallmarking. Um, in other parts of the world, uh, sometimes they refer to it as certification um, or uh, you know purity. And so, of course, in India, we use the term carats. So 24 karat gold, 22 karat gold, 20 karat gold. Um, 24 karat is basically the highest standard. 22 karat is about 92, 93% pure, and then it keeps going down from there. And so the highest standard really is what is known in India as 24 karat. In the rest of the world, it's um, sort of governed by the London Bullion Market Association, and it's known as 0.995. So in other words, 99.5% pure. Um, in Switzerland, actually, uh, they manufacture bars that are 9999 oh. So in other okay. words, four, it's called four nines. And so it's 99.99% pure. And there's really no such thing as 100% purity because gold is sort of, is kind of soft and malleable. And so it's almost like, it can be like butter. And so with your fingernail, you could easily scratch it, et cetera. So you can't have it be 100% pure. There always needs to be some impurity and that gives it structure. 
at the end of the day. So point, uh, let's call it 99.99% pure is the highest standard that practically exists in the market. And Swiss refinery systems are actually very much geared towards that. and That's what they produce. And that's why so many people across the world want the Swiss gold at the end of the day. Nearly $100 billion worth of gold comes through the Swiss refineries. And so that's what we access. First and foremost is the purity of the gold is four nines. It's certified. It's validated. It comes from a Swiss refinery. It has the stamp on it. It has the logo. It tells you, you know, each and every single bar has its unique serial number. All of that information is provided to the customer. So this is all about building trust and that you know what product you bought. And so there's no ambiguity or confusion about the fact that your gold is the authentic instrument that you desired at the end of the day. So I think that's first and foremost. And I'm very proud of the fact that we offer that you know, for investors at the end of the day um, and for clients. Now, the second thing, um, of course, is um, do you have it personally or do you have it held in a vault? And so, of course, you can hold it in a vault in, in India. And so there's a Brinks vault in India and many of the digital gold providers use that facility. Um, and there, in fact, there are many. Um, and there are Brinks vaults actually all over the world. It has one of the largest vaulting systems you know, compared to a place like a UBS, which you know is where I used to work. I ran the global metals and, and commodities business at UBS for a long time. And UBS has a couple of vaults. JP Morgan has a couple of vaults, but but Brinks has the largest vaulting system in the world. So in our case, we choose to use the Zurich Brinks vaulting system, and that's where the gold resides. Um, in in the app itself, you can actually see where is the gold. So we tell you, actually, it's in the Brinks vault in Zurich. We show you the picture of the bar that you own either in its entirety or part of. Um, and every time you'll see any, if you acquired a new bar, et cetera. Um, so all of that becomes visible to you at the end of the day. Um, the other nice thing with digital gold um, relative to, let's say, physical gold is that it's typically fully insured. So depending on the the structure, uh, so unlike an ETF or a mutual fund, those are typically not fully insured products. You, uh, it is it is overseen by the government regulator, but it's not insured. Digital gold typically is fully insured. In our case, one hundred percent fully insured by Lloyd's of London. So that means if something were to happen, of course, vaults are very very difficult to steal from or or rob. But nonetheless. Um, Lloyd's of London insures the full value. So whether you own $60 equivalent or you know, about 4,500 rupees, or you own um, you know, larger amounts fully insured. So none of the, you know, so that's actually quite nice because even in, as you know, in the banking system across the world, typically there is not a full insurance. It's usually yeah, yeah. You know, nominal or, or depending on the country. Yeah. So I think that's a really important element. Okay. And then um, and then the other features, there are other number of other features I think that are important. So one is, is the liquidity that we talked about, the ability to be able to sell anytime you want. And so I think this is very important. And so here, again, you know, we're all moving into the digital world. Um, you know, Indians have, have gravitated very rapidly, similar to Chinese, and I would say probably are well ahead of US and, and Europe in terms of digital phone or in terms of phone usage, for example. Everything is at your fingertips. You, if you want to buy right now, you can buy right now. If you want to sell three hours later or 
three weeks later or three years later, you can do that. And it's all readily available. So, and then I also want to highlight just so that there's no confusion. Sure. Digital gold should not be confused with cryptocurrency. <laughs> now, this is, this, you know, okay. I think it's, it's just, just, you know, just, I think, you know, for some, for some users, sometimes, you know, um, it's easy to make that leap that somehow because it's digital or something like this, this is, this is not the case at all. So um, none, nobody who's a digital gold provider is involved in the cryptocurrency basis. There are people, of course, who do cryptocurrency and all of that, but this is not it, that product. You are the owner of the physical gold. What we do actually as a safety is we're, it's very important that we can demonstrate to you that it's your product. Obviously, it's quite a far, long way away from you. You can't see it and touch it and feel it. So there's an administrator who reviews that you are the owner and ties your ownership to the bar itself. There's a auditor. So one of the largest auditing firms in the world does that. It's um, governed by Jersey Channel Islands and overseen there. And then we even record the information on the blockchain, but not to be confused with a <laughs> Bitcoin or Ethereum, but this is all so that the administrators and auditors can do their job and make sure that the bar that you own is recorded as such. Yeah, I and was, so I think these are very important. I was just going to say that we don't get photos of our Bitcoins on on the app. And hopefully, if you forget the password for your app, I'm sure that you can help me recover my gold. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. You forget. Then that's a really important thing, right? If you forget, if you do forget your password, there are people to, we, you know, we have we have call centers, we have email, we have all the different mechanisms to reach you. In fact, we also now have live chat. So right on the app, you can chat with somebody and take care of any questions or problems. So uh, not to mention, I think FAQs and things like that. So the the entire idea is how do we make it easy for the client to be able to do what it is that they want to do, and then go about their business of uh, whatever they want to yeah. Okay. okay. So just to understand this right, you don't deliver the gold to me in India, right? Because you said you're sitting in Switzerland. So can I take delivery here in India or I can't? You can't take delivery in India, but you can, you can, anytime you can take delivery in Switzerland. Okay. And the reason for that is because that is what allows us to offer you the savings at the end of the day is that, you know, because what if it, if it, of course, if we bring it into India, uh, then there'll be a, a significant fee and to bring small amounts can be very expensive. And so now, our value proposition of offering you a, a better or cheaper solution will actually become a more expensive solution. And so in order to avoid that, we just don't offer that because otherwise people will be very upset and frustrated. And so we say, look, <clears throat> it's your gold. It belongs to you, but it's in Switzerland and you're always entitled. But if you, you don't have to take it to sell it, you could just go right on the app and you can sell it. And it takes you know, matter of seconds. And then therefore, we'll send the funds right back to your bank account. I was just going to come to that. But just as an aside, if I'm doing a trip to Switzerland, maybe I'm going for a holiday, who knows, you know, uh, can I see my gold then? If I, can I drop over to your place and just see what it looks like? We can, we can make that happen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In fact, that we, we can, we can, we can definitely make that happen. So that's entirely possible. Obviously, the larger uh, position you have, the, uh, the easier it is, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, we can, we, we can't have, um, of course, we can't have millions of people show up at the, at the vault, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yes, yes, of course you can. Of course or you can. Just yeah. like, you know, beautiful country, maybe I've got a you know, glass of wine, and if I can see my gold, what's wrong with it? Okay, Absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely. Nothing uh, wrong with that. I hope our listeners you know, reach that, that position. Okay. Um, is there any holding period out here after which I can say I can sell it back to you? Is there any scheme or anything? Does that work? or is it No. So that is the case. So you're right. 
to uh, have picked up on that. So many of the digital gold solution providers in India, there's a maximum holding period of typically five years, at which time you have to you take some sort of physical delivery or something like that, or, or you have to pay some sort of making charge or something like that. In our case, there is none of that. You can hold it for as long as you like. So if you want to hold it for 40, 50 years, you can do that. And so, when I sell it back, I just sell it back on your app itself. Okay. Exactly. Um, how does the costing work on the storage side, right? I mean, where do you store the gold? You you already forgot insurance, so that's fine. Do I cut you an annual check for the charges or is it included in the price or how does it work? Yeah, right. So in um, so in our case, we um, we don't have a storage charge for any purchases made through the app. So all the fees and expenses are basically built into the price. And so when you purchase it, you've purchased it, and now you can own it for as long as you like. Um, and so that's why the the savings are sort of the six to ten percent. Is that you know our fees are sort of priced in there, and we sort of price in. You know, all our costs, the FX, because we're obviously selling you the product in, in Indian rupees. We are purchasing it in, in ultimately in dollars. We, we have to do a number of things in order to make that happen. Insurance, all of that is, we make it simple. So it's all one sort of one-stop shopping. <laughs> one price, you're done. You don't have to pay next week, next month, next year, any of that. And uh, when you want to sell, you sell and then we send the funds back to you. So that's the simple mechanism of how it works. We also have a mechanism where you can do LRS type of activity. Um, and there, you know, the, because the amounts become larger, uh, there we have a, a different pricing scheme where you can, uh, you, typically the fees are a little bit lower, uh, but there you do pay storage charges on an annual basis and, and we charge that way. But there the minimum purchase is typically 100 grams. Um, so about uh, the equivalent of about 6,000 US dollars or that would be translate into um, that would translate into about uh, four hundred and fifty thousand five hundred thousand rupees. Okay, understood. So last couple of questions that we're almost finding up. One is the taxation part. How does that work for me? This would be what long term, short term capital gains for me out here in India when I'm buying. Yeah, so, yeah. So this this falls in the same situation as um, you know ETFs, mutual funds, uh, you know physical gold. Uh, digital gold in India. So same sort of taxation. Again, I, we always advise that you should get, uh, you know, guidance, guidance from your, your, your uh, financial planner, et cetera. But, uh, but that, that's the, the answer is very similar. It is exactly pretty much the same as any other gold product that you could purchase locally. Okay. Fantastic. Last question. I mean, you said that there are quite a few people now offering uh, digital gold. Could you just summarize for us, how is digital Swiss gold different from all of them? Yeah, I think the uh, I think there's a few differences, key differences. So, um, so I, I would say the bulk of the digital gold providers are uh, uh, India based. Um, so that's one difference. In our case, uh, we are Jersey Channel Islands based, and we provide the product to Switzerland, and so we're registered there. So that's that's one difference. Um, I think the second difference is, of course, the the price. Um, so uh, you know, meaningful savings. And so therefore you can acquire more gold with the same amount of money. I think that's a second big difference. I think the third big difference, of course, is we only sell Swiss uh, 4.9 quality gold. Um, it's fully certified, of course, fully insured, no holding limitations or periods, anything like that. Um, so I think that's a third difference. I think the rest of the uh, elements are typically similar in that we're using a mobile mobile app, uh, you have to 
um, you know, you can, um, you know, you can use a payment mechanism like a debit card or credit card, any of these sort of things. So there, I think there's a lot of similarities, but I think the first three items are really the big differences at the end of the day to really stick out. And I think that's the value proposition. And, and look, we always say for the gold buyer, um, diversity is a good thing. And um, I think you should consider, uh, I think gold as an asset for Indians is a great asset. It's less volatile than stocks. It generates a very good return. It protects you against devaluation of the rupee, protects you against the devaluation of the dollar, both of which are, are devaluing over long periods of time in our livelihood, in our lives, our parents' lives. And, um, you know, there's a good reason why Indians will own one, $1.6 trillion worth of gold. And it's, you know, they're, they're quite smart. <laughs> and uh, so I like to think that our, our, our forefathers and uh, mothers were, were very smart in doing that. And so also what's important is to diversify, buy it through different mechanisms, use all of these. And uh, I, I don't think uh, as much as I'd love for, all our, for our clients to only use digital Swiss gold, I think uh, you should use a number of choices. I think that's a good thing. A number of different stocks. I think this is a good thing. Um, but this is good, a good, this is good long-term financial planning. For everyone. Okay. Just to clarify, the 1.6 trillion that you referred to was the value of the private gold holdings that we have in India, right? That's exactly right. So Perfect. that's that's the 1.3 billion. That's not the government holdings. The government yeah, holdings yeah. are actually very small relative to that. Yeah. Those are in the billions of dollars. But the private holdings is is um, of course there's no perfect count, yeah. but it's yeah, estimated that the number is uh, 1.6 trillion dollars, which makes okay. actually Indians the single largest holders of gold in the entire world. <laughs> That's something. Ashav, this sounds really good. Um, we're almost done out here with, with the episode. Just one question, slightly sensitive. You know how it is with, with us and our investments. I understand that the digital gold product today is not regulated by anyone. You know, So since there's no regulation around it, what kind of protection do I have? Let's say that, God forbid, if something happens to digital Swiss gold tomorrow, and since I can't even take delivery of the gold here in, in India, I'll be left with nothing. So how does that situation work? Yeah, I think it's a very important question. And um, so I think different providers uh, deal with it in very different ways. Of course, that's one of the reasons that people want to buy the physical gold because the protection is sort of physical ownership of it. That means I have it in my house or in my locker or vault or whatever mechanism I want to store it, maybe even in, in underground. Um, so that's, that's a trade-off. Of course, for that, you have to pay a much higher fee. And we already cost, talked about that with... Um, you know, money that you have in the bank or, uh, you know, a gold ETF, et cetera, they're typically regulated. However, of course, if the bank fails, it doesn't mean you can't lose your money. There's there's still risk of that. And of course, you know, India has, uh, and just like every other country, banks do go out of business and, you know, that, that can lead to, you know, bad outcomes. So uh, we know that also exists. Just because it's regulated doesn't necessarily mean it's safe at the end of the day. In the digital space, you're right. Um, it's Digital gold is similar to physical gold. It's not a regulated activity anywhere in the world, typically. Um, so it's it's not that the guys that are in digital gold are avoiding regulation. It's just not regulated. There's no particular energy. So typically, the way digital guys handle it or digital firms handle it is that, one, the gold is held in the vault, and two, it's fully insured. And then three, it's typically audited by third parties at the end of the day. And so if for example, the company that is responsible for dealing with that goes out of business. You're not you're not you're not a counterparty or at risk from the company because the gold actually belongs to you. 
Sure. And so it still, so it doesn't, it didn't disappear from the vault. Uh, it's still in the vault and there's a mechanism, which is through the auditor and the administrator to be able to recover it and to be able to sell it. And so that same principle applies for us in that aside from the fact that it's in the vault and it's insured, there's independent um, oversight through administrator and auditor. And they, they have the ability that even if we didn't exist, you'd be able to sell it and recover your funds. And because it's fully insured, you're not going to lose anything there. And it's your gold. So it's not, it's not, I'm not holding your gold. It's not, I'm not the holder of your gold. It's your gold that's hold it, held in the vault. So it belongs to you. The title is always yours. You are the beneficial owner. So you don't have to prove that because that's already recorded. That information is already on your mobile app. And it's also with the auditors and the administrators. And then, of course, we are, although we're not directly regulated Jersey, we are overseen by the Jersey um, you know, Financial Services Commission. And Jersey is one of the, you know, more, uh, one of the safest and uh, kind of best known international financial centers. So I think it, you, you could get that additional safety there. Um, but uh, that's the way that uh, most all, you know, uh, digital providers do it is that uh, you have the benefit of the audit and you have the benefit of the administrator. And so if something goes wrong, they can facilitate that. So it's actually, in some sense, easier than what happens in a bank, where it becomes actually quite messy or something like that. Or, or of course, even if you have physical gold, if you lose it, you can't reclaim it. So here, there's oh, actually yeah. you know, a mechanism to do that. Yes. Worst thing possible is to lose physical gold. But that's, folks, that's it. Uh, fantastic deep dive into digital gold. I really like the concept itself. You know, ultimately, gold is an asset, you know, and or an investment and there are different ways of investing in it depends on on what you like i really thought the digital swiss gold is a very interesting product if you guys want to know more check out the website there's a whole lot of interesting stuff out there but that's it that's it that's a wrap on this episode of sfs my guest ashraf rizvi ceo digital swiss gold ashraf thank you so much so much for taking out the time and for going really deep into so many interesting aspects of gold as an investment digital swiss gold and everything thank you so much for doing this for our listeners Anupam, thank you so much for having me. <clears throat> I really enjoyed the conversation. That was fun. And, um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope you and all your audiences get a chance to uh, make sure that you uh, m- improve your financial livelihood by investing in some gold for, uh, for, the, for, for, your, uh, for your family's sake and for your kids' sake over the years. Sounds good, Ashraf. Thank you. So, listeners, that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Ashraf. That was a whole lot of fun. You're right about that. And listeners, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IBM Network. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcasts.com. IBM Podcast is also doing some great stuff on YouTube. Yeah, do check that out and subscribe to the IBM Podcast YouTube channel. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm your host, Anubam Gupta, P50 on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.